Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Darshan McAway. You're tuned in to WOW Podcast. By all means, go to wowpodcast.me. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot M-E. Today we have a special guest. We have Carrie Lynn Webb. She's here to talk to us about her book, Thankfully in Love. Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. All right, so tell me about Thankfully in Love. Uh, let's see, Thankfully in Love is an anthology, so there's four authors in it. And my contribution was a novella titled Love Guides the Way. Um, I got invited into it, two of my writing partners, and dear, dear friends are Melinda Curtis and Anna J. Stewart, and they got with Arc Manor, and then I got invited in through them, so it was fabulous. (laughs) And when did this start? When did this connection start? Uh, The connection with Arc Manor or the connection with my writing crew? Arc Manor Uh, with your writing crew. Oh, with the writing crew. Oh, my gosh. That's been years in the making. We have known each other for more than a decade. And we um, started as uh, Romance Writers of America has a bunch of small chapters within their organization. We met in Sacramento, and we started as just friends. And then we kind of looked at each other and said, we have got to get serious about this publishing thing. (laughs) So then we all became each other's accountability partners. Um, you know, like, let's meet every Wednesday, let's write so many pages, and we're going to give them to each other. And there's something about that. When you know somebody is writing 10 pages, you better get your 10 pages in because you don't want to be the slacker, you know, right, of right. the group. You don't want to be the one that has nothing, you know, to show for yourself. And so it really, like, I would recommend for anybody who's listening who's a new writer, get yourself some accountability people. And then we moved into critiquing each other's work. Um, and that's where I think all of us built up a really tough skin. And so now we still critique, we still plot together, um, we still write together, still go to each other for everything we need. I consider them my sort of writing tribe. Um, but I, I will contend that nobody can tear apart your page, my pages quite like they can. Even an editor, you know, you get editor comments back and I'm like, oh, this is nothing compared right. to what my critique partners did to me before, you know. But you know you're in a safe spot when your G partners can be like, I just hate your character. <laughs> and you're yeah, like, yeah. okay, I guess i got to change that. So, yeah, so that's long time in the making, but um, lifesavers, you know, just friends. Every, this business is not easy, and um, everybody needs those people that just get it, right? right. Just get everything you think, because you think every book you write is going to be uh, like, okay, I sit down for them, the next book, I'm, just turned in my 17th book, and I think, I got it. I got this process down. I know what I'm doing, right. and it never fails. Halfway through the book, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. <laughs> Why did yeah. I ever think I could write? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the history behind that. So what were you doing before writing? What type of, I guess, life and career did you have before writing? <laughs> in my past life, uh, my brother and I owned an air conditioning company. Uh, we lived in Maui, and we owned the company for 16 years. He did all the technical outside. I did all the back office, payroll, all that kind of stuff, um, and ran the office. And when I was there, I was always been a huge, huge romance reader since I was young. Um, and while we lived on Maui, this was in the time of bookstores, mind you, right, where Barnes & Noble, and um, they were all there. And so I would go into the bookstores, and I, this is before Amazon, before I could order all my books, and I was just a voracious reader, and I just cleared out the shelves of the romance section, 
And I was like, mm. I can't find what I want to read. And so one day I sat down and said, I'm going to try to write what I want to read. I didn't tell anybody. And so um, I wrote at work when it was quiet and then wrote at home and then finally had enough courage to show my husband. And I said, should I continue writing or should I possibly take up acting? Like, what? <laughs> is this awful? Right. And he was like, you should keep going with this. And so we did. And so I kept going and then started learning what I didn't know. I didn't know, you know, uh, all plotting yeah. and conflict and all that kind of stuff. You know, because when you first start writing, it's almost better to not know what you don't know because you just write for the joy of it. And, right. you, you know, and then you start realizing as rejection letters and stuff come in that there's a lot you need to piece together. And then it becomes work. Uh, and that becomes a job. So speaking of knowing what you don't know, uh, what have you been – I guess, knowing and unknowing about this whole pandemic. <laughs> See, well, you don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, the, you mean in terms of how it affects writing or just life in general? <laughs> I think life in general. Yeah, the pandemic. Wow. Um, the pandemic has been interesting for all of us, hasn't it? So I work yeah. from home. I'm used to being at home. Um, but then all of a sudden everybody else was home. I've got teenagers and then my husband was home and I'm like, why is everyone here in my face? <laughs> and they don't mean it badly, right? Like they're not trying to interfere, but when someone's in the kitchen, you're like, Hey, I think I might need a snack too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. in there And it breaks up your writing, you know? So the pandemic has been interesting. It was funny though. I did tell my editor cause I, um, I was on back-to-back deadlines when we first went into lockdown and then came into another deadline about a month ago. And so I was writing, you know, writing through the pandemic, which I think was helpful because it was very jarring for a lot of people. But then the biggest problem for me was I don't leave the house anyway, I should tell you. But when you tell me I can't leave the house, suddenly I need to go somewhere. I don't know where I need to go, but I needed to go. (laughs) Right. But now I really need to go, but I didn't, right? You don't need to go anywhere. So that's been... It's been interesting. I um, we've all adjusted to wearing masks and you know being careful and washing hands and that kind of stuff. My girls have just you know got the cute masks and they just stepped right in, and we're like, yeah. okay, this is what we got to do, you know. Yeah. Uh, I heard somewhere, maybe you heard that. I heard somewhere the other day uh, that term called moral fatigue. Um, yeah, I've heard it. It's a Right, you heard that? Like, I found that fascinating and how we're all kind of suffering for it because, you know, all these decisions that used to be so easy to make, you second guess now. Um, I know last weekend we were supposed to, I'm in South Carolina, and we were supposed to go to Huntsville, Alabama to see my parents, but my youngest got sick. And in the past, maybe my other daughter and I would have just gone, but I was like, oh, my gosh, we can't go. We don't know what she has. And we don't know yeah. if we have something that we might bring to them, right? So all these decisions, yeah. it's funny how, right, like you second-guess everything now. And it has a bigger consequence, I guess. And I was like, wow. When I read Moral Fatigue, I thought, gosh, it really kind of like speaks to me because I think mm-hmm. everyone's feeling it because we all have families and parents and, right, people that you don't want to expose. Yeah. Um, you know, have you had to make adjustments too yourself? Just, uh, you know, of of course, in a huge way, yeah. uh, just like what you said about going to see someone, uh, you know, we want to get out, but then we're thinking to ourselves, well, we don't know who has what, and we don't yeah. know if we have it because they uh, because of the symptoms. The symptoms vary. You know, they say, well, oh, you'll break out yeah. in a fever and you'll have diarrhea or whatever, 
or you can never experience anything. So we've been feeling that same yeah. way. We want to take a trip somewhere, but we're like, okay, we don't know who we came in contact with that we could, you know, give it to somebody else or vice versa. So it's been difficult. That's great. Yeah, right. And then you just kind of want to go. And it's like my husband and I are like, we used to like cruising and everything. And we're like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be off the chart for a while. And then just going to maybe like a bed and breakfast or something. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, and that's been really weird for me because I, yeah. you know, like prior to this, I didn't think twice. A six-hour yeah. drive to my parents' house? Ah. But now I'm like, okay, where are we going to stop? Who might we, like you said, who might we run into? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been very crazy. But thankfully, <laughs> uh, nothing has happened. Um, but like you said earlier, when someone tells you to stay in, you kind of make yourself go out. I found myself yeah. doing that. I say, you know, I, I I work from home too, and I'm like, you know what? No, you're not going to tell me to stay home. I'm gonna go out. Yeah, and I'm like, what am I doing out here? There's no, there's nobody out here, you know. <laughs> but you feel like you gotta. I've got to get out. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So the dog's gotten a ton of walks because yeah, might as well get out and get some fresh air, right? But yeah, yeah. then I I know. So and now I discovered. Well, my friends have been doing it for years, and I don't know why I didn't. But they were been doing the um, like Walmart pickup, you know, the grocery where you can order online and do. So yeah. now I do that. So I even have less stores I go into. Right, right. <laughs> I'm right. like, ah, oh, dear. I really got to find somewhere, you know, a park or something that that I can go to. So now, now that you're adjusting, uh, what's new for you? What's coming up? I have a. I published with um, Harlequin Heartwarming. So I have a book coming out in December that's part of a continuity series, um, the Blackwell Sisters series uh, that I wrote with Melinda and Anna, too, and two other authors. So those are releasing now, and mine's the fifth one in the series, so that'll be out in December. I'm in the process of submitting some new proposals to my editor. I just turned in my 17th book, and that was the end of the contract. So that one will be out in April. And I'm just trying to think. I have some other new story ideas, and I'm just trying to see where they would fit. Um, right. Who, you know, what publishing house might want them, um, and we'll see. So I'm so, in kind of a relaxing space, actually. <laughs> Not on deadline. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so when people meet you, uh, when you, you know, I guess pre-COVID, uh, when people would meet you in person, what would be their first impression? First impression, I yeah. my girls tell me I laugh a lot. <laughs> I'm laughing right now. I just laugh. Yeah, uh, I like to laugh. I like to have fun. Um, I don't like to take a lot of stuff too seriously because, as you know, even with the pandemic right now, life can be heavy, you know, and yeah. so I like to, you know, laugh. I just like to laugh and add some lightness into someone's day. <laughs> yeah. That's kind, yeah. Of my, kind of my motive for the, you know, and if my books can – if somebody can take, if somebody's super stressed out or, you know, somebody's working in the hospitals and they can pick up my book and take an hour or two and just escape um, and just read something fun, that's what I want, you know, just to give somebody just a moment. Right. I can definitely feel that through the phone. Um, so let's tell everybody where they could follow you through uh, social media and purchase your book. Um, I have a website. It's com. You can purchase the books on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and harlequin.com, actually, has them all as well. And you can find me on Facebook, Carrie Lynn Webb, and on Twitter, 
and I'm just dipping my toe into Instagram. There just seems to be so many platforms now, as you know. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to get going on Instagram. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. My girls keep telling me I need to be on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. We're talking to best-selling author Carrie Lynn Webb about her latest book, Thankfully in Love. Carrie, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks. It was so much fun speaking to you, too. Hope we get to do this again. Oh, I hope so, too.